and a mouse keep running, running and 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 running, running Welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 104, I believe. I didn't actually check. Yep. Am I correct, Brad? Yes. Yeah, it was uh, 103 yes. last you. week, so it's got to be All right. right. I don't know. That seems to me this should be 106 then, the way I count and fudge the numbers. But yeah, hey, 104 <laughs> it is. And we're here to talk some Marvel comics tonight. And I will tell you guys and gals listening right away, you'd be able to tell from the timestamp. We ended up having an extra long episode last week it was something that in my mind i wanted a fuller episode also i will tell you we had two shows going each week right so we we ended up okay we're just gonna have one show and i felt guilty i actually thought that we were ripping people off even though it is just on the regular feed it's no ripping off or whatever but i felt like we weren't doing enough so i wanted to try to see you know that full out episode and it seems like most people did not like that Brandon. they didn't like the extra work and really if you're gonna not like the extra work yeah i can kind of see me not wanting to do the extra work then i'm a lazy fella so i'll do that now with that I do think that I want to have, you know, a lot of books. We're never going to be able to do all the Marvel books in a podcast. They put out, I think this week, they put out 732 books on my count. Uh, But we've already seen my math is way off. They dumped them in a swimming pool. You drowned Yes, they did. Yeah, you would. So we can't do that. But I do want to have enough, enough, you know, books on the show that people get a wide range of books, uh, you know, different things. I always like to throw out the number ones, things like that. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to have the amount of books, but we're going to try to tighten it up. We're going to try to do some things. Plus, I'm going to end up doing a couple books on my own like I did last week, but I'm going to tighten that up real tight. And that'll be very quick reviews, kind of like you know, reviews. real flash <laughs> reviews, quick silver reviews, where however you want to go yes. with that. But there'll be quicker reviews that just me kind of going through you know, things real quick and then giving a score. Uh, so I hope that you like that. But in the meantime, this is what I wanted to say from the very beginning and i did that we like to tweak things we like to listen to people what they're saying and things like that we will change some things around or whatever but last week was kind of an experiment to do that now i will tell you if you did really enjoy that first off you can go to the patreon to get a lot of other shows but even if you didn't do that i think that every now and again we'll have one of those shows you know maybe every two months we may have one week where the show is an extra bit an long and some of the people type yeah thing something yeah but it'll just be on our whim if we have extra time if there's a lot of really really big books stuff like that it'll just pop up and we'll do it it won't be anything that we would necessarily plan ahead we just it would end up happening but i want to make sure it doesn't happen a lot i'm telling you some people actually said if 
I look at the timestamp and it's above two hours, I ain't downloading it. And then, yeah. so what it'll be is in, in what you're saying in annuals week, it kind of will be for those people where you can just kind of cut out that week or look at the timestamps and listen to one or two reviews and then cut out. And then the next week we'll be back to a more manageable deal. Like I said, if I'm going to get yelled at for working too hard, it's not going to take much yelling for me to not work so Stop. hard. But yeah. uh, where you can find us around the internets, we have a website where we review most of the books and a lot of books that we don't even have on the podcast. That is over at weirdsignsmarvelcomics.com. Pretty easy to remember. We're on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Now, I did get a fellow who said that he stopped following us on Twitter because we follow everyone back. Uh, and I said, I, I'm not really? going to change that. Yeah, that yeah. Cause I, he, I guess he, he said that it was, you know, crowding up his timeline, but I I, I didn't even get that concept. I, I kind of thought, well, it wouldn't crowd yours. It might crowd mine, but I, yeah. I don't know. It, it seemed very odd, but that was he his could just prerogative. Mute you. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. well. He was like Bobby Brown. It's his prerogative, and that's what he did, and that's fine. But uh, I even I ended up talking to a bunch uh, from there, uh, and I said to him, I like to do that just because when I first got on the internet, a lot of the times it was for these podcasts. I was a big podcast fan, and then I I'd end up tweeting some of these shows and things like that. Not only did they never follow me back, which made me feel you know like a, a schmuck, but then they never even respond. And it seemed that when I first started started listening to podcasts that it was really like the podcasts were a little snooty that they seemed to think that they were better like you know grabbing a mic and plugging it into your computer is something that fancy i realize now it's not that fancy Uh, all you have to do is plug a mic you don't even need a mic half the time uh so i don't want to have anybody think that we think that we're better or whatever so that's kind of the deal plus i like when people you know, talk to us and I like to know what they're doing and things like that. So following them back does allow them to uh, private message and DM and stuff like that. So I will stick with that 100% though. And and if, if you don't like that policy or it messes things up for you, then that's fine. If you end up unfollowing us, then I'll unfollow you and we'll just go back to normal, right? We'll just do that. Uh, but other than that, we also have a Patreon, like I said. So if you're listening to this and you do want more, you're one of the people who's like, oh, man, I do want more. There is more to be had over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash weird science, where we have each week we have a two book spotlight that comes out on New Comic Book Day on Wednesday. And this week, uh, you know, the past, it seems like so far away when we get to Sunday about what we ended up talking about on a Wednesday. But we ended up talking about uh, fantastic for for Yancey Street number one and Spider-Man Life Story number six. So we ended up uh, the life story and I got a little choked up while we were recording because it made me cry and fantastic for uh for Yancey Street number one I had some fun with it it actually was kind of fun uh it wasn't you know a mind-breaking issue or mind-blowing issue but it was fun enough but yeah so there's all the stats there's where you can go I'll also mention we're on iTunes all that stuff and if you want to give us a review that would be great Take but it. we're done with the intro and we're going to go off now. Uh, we're going to end up starting off and this issue, our episode is going to be very heavy carnage. And that's the thing going yep. on. I mean, pretty much X-Men and carnage right now are the big things. And well, that's Mar- what Marvel's pretty- kind of done this thing to themselves where they've decided to have this 
you know, event every quarter. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you, you end know, up kind of going one or the all other. The books that release some weeks, you yeah. know, or all yeah, the and, and that's ones. We were ended up tied into the War of the Realms for a while there. And now we're pretty much full out carnage, but we're going to go off and talk two carnage books at first but we actually have three for the whole show and we'll be back with that all right we're going to start the carnage books with the big one absolute carnage number two written by donny cates pencils by ryan stegman inks by jp mayer Colors by Frank Martin and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Reunited with his own lost symbiote, Eddie Brock and his son must survive relentless attacks from Carnage in an attempt to find help from an unlikely ally, Spider-Man. The maker, Reed Richards of Parallel Universe, has constructed a device that can extract the codexes safely but needs a subject to test it. With few options and precious little time, Spider-Man and Venom have resolved to break Norman Osborn, former host to the Carnage symbiote, out of Ravencroft Institute. Institute for the criminally insane, but they weren't the only ones looking for Norman. And that is the recap, which really doesn't tell you the recap because they ended up going to Ravencroft, yeah. which seems to be a sticking point with all these books. Sometimes it's on fire, yeah. sometimes it's a big it isn't. Point. It's yep. getting a real, uh, you know, confusing bit here. But they went to get Norman, Did and Deadpool he got turned only into laid a, a symbiote. Of it on fire. I don't yeah, know. yeah, maybe. But yeah, he ended up. Norman's just he's full out carnaged up. He, he, they're not going to be able to get his help or grab him because he's now part of the whole team carnage hashtag team carnage. Yeah, the carnage and, and so as this is going on you pretty much you get a little quick recap of cletus and carnage before we go off but yeah as they go off you basically have spider-man and eddie brock venom just let's get the heck out of here they can't yeah. fight they they end up saying and pretty much you know eddie's like well, we're not going to win this we we can't there's no way and at this point there are so many you know carnage clone symbiote things going around like because he ended prison, up turning yeah he ended up turning the whole prison into them now again A what's weird about this psychos. week yeah, what's weird about this week is we're going to be talking about three different Venom books. The, you know, our Carnage books. I mean, Absolute Carnage 2, Absolute Carnage Lethal Protectors, number one, tie-in, and also Venom. And some of these kind of go back and forth with set up yeah. for the one. And that this always happens in events. It drives yeah. me bonkers, personally. And this week, it's real bonkers. We're not even talking about all of the carnage books this week we're talking about the ones that we liked and what we thought was important but yeah so you're, you're going with this and you have spidey and venom they have to get out of ravencroft and they end up you know repelling down to a point where then you know you end up having eddie just make wings and fly you know the whole symbiote deal and i did like that where spidey is not very happy with that but even then when he's flying them away you, you see all these you know different carnage symbiotes they're watching they want a part of him it's crazy <laughs> um but yeah through this whole deal Ever since we've seen Norman become the symbiont and in even, you know, stuff with uh, John Jameson as well. Boy, Carnage yep. is not nice to anybody around him. He's nope. not nice to any of them. They Treats are not his like boys. A he rubs oh everything in their face constantly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, got, just that's got to be something that comes back to bite him. Like yeah, anyone you gets any so. semblance of free will eventually, like. 
You know, I yeah, would think they're, they just they're not going to be very dude. nice to him. Yeah, he is just yeah. awful to him at points. We've seen twice now where he'll just go to rip the symbiote right out of them. And and a cool thing of art, seeing the person underneath as well. But yeah, you have Spidey and Eddie go off to a rooftop where they just kind of crash down and they're just trying to figure out what they can do. They They got to figure out. You know how they're going to defeat this, how they're going to defeat Carnage, because, boy, he he is just ripping them apart. They they don't have a lot of options. And what their option has been and what they've been trying to do is the idea of not taking down Carnage, per se, but let's stop him from being able to target the people who had the symbiote, which a lot of them that are remaining are friends, you know, and, you know, people like that, that especially for Spidey and stuff like that. And so we end up where you had the maker make a machine that he can take the codex out of the spines of, you know, anybody who gets put in. They haven't tested it yet. They have Normie Osborne, the little boy who they want to test. But, you know, this is thrown kind of a wrench in the works here where they're kind of detained going off because they were trying to get Norman Osborne. And uh, so while they're sitting there, you did have a a nice moment where it looked like Spidey was going to actually tell Eddie, you know what? You're pretty good. Right. You think that he's going to he's like, hey, you know, if something happens, whatever, I want you to know that. And you would figure that he's going to say you're really you're a hero or something like that. But interrupted by a phone call from the maker who says, you know, hey, we got we got some issues here. And one of the big things in this whole issue, he does end up telling Eddie, hey, I, I got into the FBI database, you know, when we had that mass grave dig up where you ended up having Carnage digging up all these people with the symbiote and, you know, they just ripping their spines out of dead bodies and things. One of them was Eddie's, you know, wife, Anne, and she was not one of those bodies. You, you end up having Maker figure that out. He goes to the database. It was not one of the bodies. Now he's jumping to a conclusion but we'll see if it's right that he thinks yeah, he's that a smart dude. And, his conclusions yeah. are usually pretty spot yeah, on. Yeah, so he says that it, it seems that Anne transferred the symbiote over to Dylan. So that makes it more all along this whole deal, Dylan being Eddie's son, but he doesn't want to tell him that, but he's really protective of him. Now this ups the ante because now Carnage will be going to get him and kill him for that spine. So that that is pretty big. It just throws another thing at Eddie. Eddie, he, he can't catch a break with no. any of these things first he thought yeah. you know the body of Anne was dug up and desecrated upset about it's that well now he finds it wasn't carnage. but now it's dylan yeah yeah it's another reason for carnage to go after dylan on top of already being dylan's son now he he's yeah. got a former you know codex spine from his mom yeah. as well so so he'll be going after that but yeah so you know spidey he went off to do his thing you end up having Eddie have to kind of go because there's they end up pretty much saying this and it's again Eddie kind of gets the short end of the stick it's Spider-Man's going to go get the heroes that ended up having the codex and the symbiote at one point where Dylan gets to go or not Dylan Eddie goes to get the scumbags who had it and he goes off to do that now we do have a little bit and this is the trash talking stuff we were talking about and it is a weird aside because it is a bunch of pages and not much progresses in the story in my mind except that you're just like boy carnage is a jerk he, he doesn't treat anybody good and it looks like carnage is ready in case you know you have norman end up you know in a power play deciding he's the one who wants to be the big dog and carnage just pretty much goes over and starts talking trash and i love the art throughout this issue except this part 
because you have, first off, you have all these other symbiotes, carnage symbiotes running around. They all look identical and you end up having Norman and carnage. They don't look that different when they're close up, when they're arguing, things like that. And I think that that is something that they should have done better. Uh, you had even said, make uh, Norman have a little goblin look to him. Yeah. You know, something like that like with the, the symbiote. I don't know why he doesn't look exactly like he did in, you know, those issues Dan Slott did towards the end of his run, because I, I totally 100% agree. Like, all the different Carnage clones essentially looking like old school Carnage while the new Carnage is just kind of skinny in the middle is yeah, is yeah. not a great way to really separate them. No, and, and I'm telling you, when all of them are together, it's just one big page of Carnages and you have to look. And yeah, when you have the word bubbles are different, you end up having, but not when, not when they're all together. It's just even then when he pulls the deal back, you end up seeing Norman inside. Then he has a regular. And I'm even wrong because when they're talking, they both have the same word bubbles and the same type. And it gets confusing, but you have a spread page then that does give you a, a kind of a cool look at all of the tie-ins. You can see Deadpool there run with, the uh, the on flame microwaves and stuff yeah it's just kind of there if you Crazy it's fool. not i'm telling you this <laughs> is the thing that yeah the, you have the spread page right and and you would love to think boy this would get everybody caught up if they haven't read the times it's not that good it's nothing like that what it is to me is like you get that and it's almost a reward like oh i remember that i know what uh, deadpool's doing there because it's not going to tell you exactly what happened it's not going to recap that much uh we end up where the big part of this ending and we're getting close to the ending here is that eddie runs off and he ends up going into a, a pretty much a horde of these carnage symbiotes who are attacking scorpion at one point but also miles morales has shown up he's shown up yeah. you know miles morales spider-man has shown up and you have eddie going in there so it's the three of them trying to fight through these carnages and they are getting whooped and at one point you have miles save scorpion it's like all right you know you, you're free now whatever scorpion hightails it out he's ready to leave he's gonna bail on miles and that's where he runs into eddie who then punches him back into the horde of guys uh and then he looks like he's in big trouble he gets stabbed and, and run through uh but miles does save him again but the problem is with this he ends up by the end, it looks like he's taken over. It looks like this big thing of this issue is that Miles is now taken over by the Carnage symbiote. symbiote he, in him. Yeah. yeah, he has some symbiote. He's talking with those word bubbles, the red word bubbles and things like that. So, uh, you know, pretty much it's all Scorpion's fault in my mind. He, he could have at least just done something. Instead, he runs, gets pushed back, and then Miles tries to save him again, which he does. And Miles, up until this point, it, it's the worst thing for our heroes because we have even said over and over why aren't they going to miles miles was the one yeah. who ended up being able to get the grendel down grendel, he has he the abilities like to single-handedly do that. essentially yeah yeah and now he looks like he's the carnage and i do think that that's kind of donnie kate's thinking okay since i've already pointed out that pretty much miles can go toe-to-toe with the null god I got to get him off the board or else it, it won't make yeah. sense later. And now he is pretty much as far as we can see off the board. Mind controlled uh, by carnage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's going to be a carnage deal. It looks like, cause at the end he's laughing and looking like a carnage. So, uh, that's you get, a, actually win you for get a better glimpse carnage. of him. 
you get a better glimpse of him in the one Carnage book we're not going to talk about tonight, yeah, the yeah. Miles book, because essentially it just retreads what book. you already get a better yeah. summary of in this book. Yep. Yeah. 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 So by the end of this, we find out two pretty big things. We find out that Dylan, uh, Eddie's son, has the you know symbiote. He he ended up getting the codex transferred into him from his mom. At least that's what the maker says. And then at the end, Miles becomes a Carnage deal. So that's pretty big. It, it's a quick issue. Uh, like I said, the only thing I have a problem with the art is that they're not differentiating. You know Norman with Carnage. It's it's a minor thing, but it did annoy me when I was reading it. It kind of threw me off. Oh, yeah, I'm with uh, you. But other than that, the other bit of art and stuff like that is I love Ryan Stegman. So it, it's really good. Yeah. The colors are really good. Uh, the panels yeah. are, you know, everything makes sense. It, it's really good art. Uh, but overall, I think I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 uh, for the most part. Like I said, we get those two big things. But even so, there's a lot of standing around. There's a lot of talking. There's that middle section with Carnage talking trash to Norman, stuff like that. So I, I can't give it a higher score in my mind. What would you give it? I'm going to give it an 8.5. Uh, that I Actually, yeah, it's a higher score than I gave my book of the week, which I, I said to the site, which is uh, Life Story. That was but my th- book of the week. This being just something, um, um, I don't know, I'm that enjoying. had more emotional impact and things like that. This is just kind of an event thing that has me interested, and I'm yeah. surprised how much it does. I mean, well, I, mean, and I here's was the thing, yeah. excited coming I, into I it, but it, the way it's being handled is still good, and it's in, it's interesting. It's telling a true story that I can be in be behind and into so you know that's that's where i'm at with it now i've read all the tie-ins and yeah that miles tie-in this week uh that was unnecessary that was a big kind of a miss in my mind but i guess the problem was with that is you do end up with miles kind of taking over so i I don't know what saladin ahmed who wrote that one you know what he had to play with. Yeah, what, what uh, I his think point that was, or, what yeah, I think what that I think that do. what they were doing in that really is almost going, "Hey, listen, there's some Miles fans. They may not be involved with this because Miles, you know, he separated from the other books somewhat because of the deal." And uh, that was more of, "Hey, let's give them pretty much the story from Absolute Carnage." you know, that we see of Miles and maybe people will be pumped up to go and read the rest from there just as a Miles thing. I don't know. It it was weird Uh, when I read it. I read it right after Absolute Carnage. That was actually the first book I read after reading this. And I was like, boy, what am I on repeat? You know what I mean? And I just, (laughs) oh, so then, but other than that, I I think that it is pretty cool. Uh, And it's, it's user friendly enough. You know, most of the things that come up, they spell out. Uh, obviously there's some things that I wouldn't know about from not reading, you know, yeah. a long time a and, and reading a lot of the carnage like that pop in and out. You need to know a little backstory about yeah, it. A little, but I, I go and look it up. I, I, the whole, uh, lethal pl- protectors, which we'll get into later, kind of introduces and throws around characters. If you have no background regarding, like I can see how it would affect your enjoyment of the issue. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing though is with this is this is pretty much my first 
bit of carnage, you know, all the stuff leading up to it and this, and I don't feel that left out. You know, I went back and read some stuff in the Marvel Unlimited app, but not yeah. a lot of stuff. I read the first issue, it ties you know, the first time it became really it. really heavily into um, Carnage USA if you're, yeah, you're yeah. like looking for one book to go back to and read. Yeah. See, but even without that, I'm pretty on board. So yeah, I'm actually pretty impressed with how much I like this without, uh, you know, a lot of knowledge going in. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go. What did I say? Did I give it an eight? Is that what I gave you it? Gave you it gave it an eight. eight. Yeah, I, I jumped eight. you by I, point yeah. five. Yeah, one time you're more positive. There's there not go. many of there those, but we're gonna Dang. yeah we're gonna move on to the <laughs> next deal, uh, which is Venom number seventeen. Now this is the weird deal. While we were talking about the book, you had that little absolute carnage. I'm talking about. You ended up having a little editor's note because when the maker called to talk to Eddie, that was taking place during this book and i i ended up going into this thinking that you know we're going to see that call it's going to be based on that kind of yeah. doesn't but you can kind of guess kind of where the deal you can would fill be. in the blanks in between yeah you can yeah. but I, I actually like this enough as well as a tie-in it's I written like by donny kate it's art by Iban coelho uh, colors by Rain Barreto and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And, and I'll just, before I do the little recap, I will even mention that I think that Aban Coelho is such a good artist to have as the replacement of Ryan Stegman on this book since yeah. Ryan Stegman's doing the absolute carnage. Even right deal. at the start, the first page is incredible. Yeah, it's great. And and the weird thing is it's a different, it's a little different style than a Ryan Stegman, but it fits that style anyway. So if you've been reading Venom and really like Ryan Stegman's art, this is never, in my mind, going to throw you off. It, it actually fits well but he still has his own style and i think that he does it so well with that years ago the offspring of the venom symbiote bonded with a serial killer cletus cassidy creating venom's greatest foe carnage but the symbiote isn't the only one with a child eddie now has a son named dylan <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's that's the backup it's like maury who's the Z father who's yeah, the daddy yeah. uh yeah it starts with eddie brock looking like heck he is pretty much just the crap kicked out because we're back. Is he tongue off? Yeah. What's going we're, on we're, there? Yeah, really. He's having problems. We're back at Ravencroft again. And it seems like everything leads to and from Ravencroft yes. here because we're going to continue that escape again. And actually, we're never really going to see it. We're just getting reminded or being shown that – Eddie and Spider-Man are there yeah, fighting these different I think it's more of a time symbiotes. and place type thing because I do the too, whole actually, issue mostly centers yeah. around Dylan and uh, And why you know, I think they do Normie. it is because if not, you're going to have some people who are just reading this Venom book wondering where Eddie is. Uh, it'd be like, why isn't he showing up to help? Yeah. Uh, and let alone Spider-Man. So it, it'd you, be you, a case of the current Spider-Man book where Spider-Man doesn't appear much in his own title sometimes. Yeah, yeah. so you know, so that it spells it out well. That they're fighting, they're you know being taken care of there. So we'll go off to Rex's warehouse where we have little Normie Osborne, we have Dylan, and we have the Maker. And what ends up happening is here, the Maker is starting to freak out a bit. He doesn't act like he's yep. freaking out, but he's freaking out that things are going to go know wrong. If his machine works. And yeah, and he wants to start the process here. And in my mind too, he doesn't. Eventually, when that call comes through and things, he must. Also know that Dylan 
has the codex because we saw him say that to Eddie in absolute carnage. What I actually think is going on, why he wants to put them in the machine, is not to save Normie. It wouldn't be to save Dylan. He pretty much is like, you know what? We have tar. I have two targets here that that these things are going to be led to. I don't want to die. I, I'm going to put yeah. them in here, get it off. But that's and where I also Dylan see steps it, up. You know, it's a little ego thing too. Like I want to see yeah. if my machine I just created works. Like give me whoever. I don't care yeah. who. Like let's put someone in this thing. And, and he wants see what and happens. Dylan and uh, and Normie at this point is the one that they want to start out with. You know, he's like, come on, Normie. You know, get in there. We're going to get that codex out. And he that's where Dylan's like, no, no, no. Too. They do a good job of making yeah. him look like. Uh, well, they they show him know, with his helmet kind of off. My house. I mean, I'm telling you. You end up also with the helmet off the maker at one point, and he's disgusting. They even almost vomit. Uh, then the helmet goes back on, and he's like, all right, you know, they're there, children. I look better now, but let's get to work. And that's where they end up talking about the machine. Dylan's all, like, happy, saying that he thinks that it should be called this. They're naming the machine Sif. where the maker's like, we don't name machines. Just stop it. Uh, but then realizes what he wants to do and it is get Normie Osborne and put him in. And this is where Dylan steps up and actually becomes a bad butt and ends up when you do see this. It's one of those things you're like, yeah, yeah, he, you are. And even the maker almost says, you know, you're your father's son. You're definitely, yeah. you know, Eddie's son uh, because he's just like, That's, we're not going to do that. Is that the line you're thinking of? You were trying to No, no, no. Really? Later like- on. No, later on, one of the symbiotes that shows up legitimately says to Ed, Dylan, you smell like your father, you smell oh, like the Venom. the corporation Yeah, symbiotes. yeah, yeah. When they show up, yeah, they yeah. say that. And that it, we're, show, we're seeing that, number one, Dylan's a pre- pretty bad butt here, but he's also a smart kid. I think that that's the end where he does realize, you know, what's going on because it has been this back and forth where they almost let it out of the bag that, you know, that Eddie is Dylan's father and they're kind of keeping that from him because Eddie doesn't want him to know because he thinks that that'll just upset things. He doesn't really know know how to act like a father. I know. I think that I think the jig is up and gone here because when they are going to do this with Normie, you do have Dylan like, no, no, this isn't going to happen. You do get a, a also. So a pretty good look of the maker. First off, you end up seeing him without his helmet a bit. So that's pretty cool. Uh, You also get to see that he's legitimately read. No, but I'm saying you at least get that. I haven't seen that since I started reading. So I like that. But also you, you end up getting the, you know, Reed Richards ability, you know, the, the, uh, you know, Mr. Fantastic deal going on too, that we don't see that much. And I think that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good reminder to people of who he is and and whatnot, but that doesn't even throw Dylan off. He's still going to beat him up if he does anything, but that's when the wall explodes and then in comes and you even said it, who is it? It's a bunch of symbiotes. Yeah, it's the Life Foundation, the four symbiotes that were hooked up to the dog from the tie-in we did yep. last week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah they're, they're all, uh, you know, bonded to that family they attacked last issue, and now they're coming here to the, you know, the, the Rex headquarters that Maker and yep. Dylan and Normie are at. Yeah, and if you read that tie-in, it has a pretty cool little, you know, wink-wink or reveal here, or at least uh, an ending deal, because you have the maker who he knows right away who they are and you see that he is prepared to fight them uh, as Normie and Dylan run off. And when you have the maker getting attacked, he ends up getting a sonic rifle and shoots the one. And when the, 
it dissipates. The symbiote dissipates. It's that yeah, little girl the from little the last girl. issue yeah. got taken over. And I thought that was really cool. If you had read that, if you didn't, I think you're going to be so confused because yeah. it's just this yeah, little she was girl. Essentially, the main character of that yeah, issue. Yeah, but if you didn't read that issue, you'd be so confused. Like, why is yeah, that little girl like, in there? And then she was like, "What's going on?" I'm sure some people really thought it was her. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, people would be so weird. No, but she's like, "Where's my family?" Obviously, the rest. And this is where the maker is just—he's going to shoot her because he ends up with this rifle. Oh yeah, he has the rifle, and he's He's like changed to regular rounds. Oh, I know. What's there? A scumbum? Whatever. Scumbum. Yes, he's—he's going to shoot her right in the face. But the others come and and protect her. But while that's going on, Normie and Dylan run off. And Dylan remembers, hey, there was this room here. Let's stop. Let's go in here. And you have Norman like, but if we get caught, we're trapped here. He's like, no, no, no. There's a lot of guns here. Unfortunately, he is a lot of talk at this point, and he doesn't realize he's a little boy. Because when they come in, they just knock that gun out of his hand. And this is where it it happens. Yeah, and this is where it happens that the symbiote comes up to Dylan and he says, you child, you smell of your father, you reek of venom and you we kill for fun. The goblin boy will take. And uh, yeah, I think that that's something that Dylan is going to wonder about as this goes on. Like, why did they say I smell like my father and I smell I like venom? And he's going to wonder yeah. what the heck's going on. He I thinks do his think father's that, a dirty old scumbag at this point. Yeah, yeah, the guy, yeah you know, who uh, obviously isn't venom. It's Eddie's dad. Yeah. He thinks that Eddie's, yep. you know, scumbum dad. Uh, was the deal and it's not so i think that that's the the big thing so you end up then that you know with that dylan's still being pretty much a bad but i mean he's he's scared at this point but he's still standing there and still even looks yeah. like he's trying to protect normie and out of nowhere the symbiote gets just taken down gets just hit by somebody off panel that says, yeah, gets his neck snapped and says, uh, you know, don't be afraid, boys. Now, I wonder if you get your neck snapped as a symbiote, does that mean you are also right. completely dead in Who's there? Because, because I Carnage don't remember. Is, is it the little boy? You know what I mean? I know. So. I yeah, don't know. That's, I'm Carnage like, oh, no. is also technically dead under his symbiote, kind of yeah, like yeah. how we just saw in Life Story where Craven. Yeah. Was dead Where we under had that Craven underneath. It was just away. yeah, yeah, yep. That's yeah, what's so going I... on with Carnage right now. So it, it's weird. And then I don't know anything about this sleeper dude. That was from the Venom first. Yeah, because that's who shows that up. It's a guy. Read. Yeah, it's yeah. a guy who shows up, and his name's Sleeper. He is another symbiote, and he's pretty kick butt looking. But yeah, I don't have a lot of knowledge with him. But it was pretty cool ending and either. to save him. If anyone uh, can write an email, give us a quick like one. No, paragraph I actually, summary I actually, actually read. Dude. A whole setup of him, and it's just a bunch of stuff to me. I mean, you, you can end up looking me. it up. I tried to read but, it too. I, I, I didn't like the wiki. It was yeah, yeah. blowing my mind. But uh, yeah, anyway. so but he's there, and <laughs> hopefully we'll learn a little more about him. But yeah, this is all about Dylan, pretty much. This issue, it was all about him being a bad butt, but also in my mind, learning. You know, we'll see how it goes, but learning that Eddie's yeah. his father. I was, I and liked, then, I've always liked Dylan. But I yeah. mean, this issue really kind of established him as a cool, cool, tough character. Yeah. You know what I'm and, saying? And it's funny too. It makes yeah, I, we can say all we want that it makes Maker a scumbum. He's always a scumbum, uh, but yeah, it does no, show he, you that, there's no that, mixing yeah. that up. But at least here's the deal: it shows you that he has one side to him, where you know the scientific side, but the cold side that he's going to try to do these things with Normie when he was going to do it. But he also did tell them he could have let them just take Normie. 
Yeah, I mean, really, he could have thrown him right at him and said, take him. He's the one you want. And off we go. And that wasn't the case. He ended up saying, you guys run. I will take care of them. And at one point, he's in, you know, looks like he might be in some bad shape as he gets attacked after he ends up almost killing that little girl. Um, But yeah, in the meantime, like you said, yeah, add sleeper in. I don't know anything about sleeper, but he looks like he looks pretty much like another, you know, spawn type deal, which they are. But uh, yeah, I think that that looks cool. So we'll see how that goes. I'm going to give it uh, the same, actually, as I did the absolute carnage. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it as even a venom book because we get more of Dylan than we really ever have. And I enjoyed that as well. And just that little bit with that little girl there that came out of the set. That was a nice little touch for people who are reading all the books as well. What would you give it? Yeah, I would give this a seven five. I mean, I've really enjoyed the art in this issue, especially, uh, but I, I don't know, just not a whole lot occurred. Um, but if you're reading the tie-ins and you're really invested in this yeah. event, I think this is kind of an issue you wouldn't want to skip at the same time. No, no, I, mean, I, if I you're definitely waiting would. for us it to give you the go. I mean, I'm buying some of these tie-ins. I think this is one to add to, yeah. you know, that absolute carded stack and really have things kind of all tie together and make sense. Yeah, I would so, too. I, I also, um, when I'm looking I, at it this. It makes me like Dylan even more than I already yeah. have because he's, he's you, really heroic the, in this issue. The panel be, the before the cliffhanger, you know, the second to last page, the penultimate page before uh, the neck crack, I do like that you see Sleeper behind the symbiote there. You know, he's yeah. kind of invisible. invisible. Deal. That, that's he's pretty cool. He's kind of got cool. the mile powers a yeah yeah bit. it's yeah. pretty cool there so i want to see more of him and learn more of him but yeah there you go you have two of the carnage books down we, we can hit two dings we got two down we have one to go <laughs> but you'll have to wait till the end of the podcast to hear that one because right now we're going to go off to some mail do you have the time to drive me and brandon line and with science mumble comics at gmail.com we will read them all at the wrong turn, says Mel Cow. Whether they're positive or when they are not. You can give a shout out to your peeps. Make fun of Brandon, but not me. It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Ah, yes, it's mail call. And if you want to be part of the mail, you can mail us in at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. I almost messed up there. The first one of the night of two mails. We got two mails tonight. The first is Jacob with a K who says, hey, Weird Science crew, really enjoying the podcast. Looks like summer is over. Hope it was a great summer for you all. It yes. was not. It was I not added for me. one to the clan. Yeah, you so added one. I, you know, I had an awful summer. This was the <laughs> worst summer ever. Absolute Carnage is off to a great start. I'm hoping they come out with an omnibus for Absolute Carnage because this may be something I end up buying in trade. Yeah. Although I said that about Dark Knight's Metal. And we have yet to see that omnibus yet. I don't think that you're well, going to get the Dark Knight's Metal, like, right? You know, gouge yeah. everybody. I yeah, there you go. Yeah. Quick question. Is there any characters with codexes that haven't appeared in absolute carnage that you hope will? That would be more with Brandon. Uh, Mine is uh, amazingly sleeper. 
is what I wasn't thinking that. I didn't even know who that was. Uh, any that you are looking for? I don't know. They're, I mean, they're covering pretty much all the bases, and even some of the, the tie-in we're coming up to next is going to kind of throw a few in there that I didn't think we'd, we'd seen yet that really kind of, I don't, I don't know, cover all bases essentially you yeah, know what I'm so saying? there's nothing so, that you want to see that you're sitting there i'm waiting like oh man we're gonna get this we're gonna get that no. or you know there's nothing yeah, it was, like it was that even a nice uh, some of them they're kind of like doing a two for one type deal they're kind of having their cake and needed it too but i i mean i'm fine with it it's all about the call outs and the callbacks and what they're doing you know to, to and, and i was thinking of too uh it is funny because miles didn't have the symbiote so no, there was he no never reason before but now he does so yeah. that that's like one not of those even, things. Not now. even in he the ultimate the universe that yeah. I remember. Did he ever end up? Yeah, so he know, can join the being club. Possessed by it. So yeah, yeah. So there you go. My book of the week is easily Venom number seventeen. Love seeing more the Maker. We saw a lot of him. He's quickly yeah. becoming one of my favorite villains turned anti heroes. Also love the certain appearance of a certain symbiote that appeared. He says, "I won't say Sleeper. for the sake of spoilers, but I'm sure you know who I'm referring to. Though they are newer, they have quickly become one." of my favorite symbiotes and i'm definitely excited to see more of what's in store of issue 18 maybe means the family uh that have been uh taken over we saw oh, a little girl because okay. he says that my favorite symbiotes so maybe i, that was it. I was go. looking back at the guardians of the galaxy comic and realized that donny cates added in another reference to null like he seems to be doing in all of his books race seems to have an interest in the god of symbiotes so we may see uh, him in the future. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, we were getting a lot of Null even before you got to the full out carnage stuff. Uh, and it was annoying me at one point because yeah. we had been reading Venom and then it seemed like every book had to mention Null and this and that. It is paying off a little more now that you have the absolute carnage going on. But at one point it was, and I even said before we started recording this mail, it, it seemed a lot like a Bendis thing to do. Like you have one book and then you have to mention that in every other book that you do, whether or not it makes sense or not. Yeah. 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 So bum to see superior Spider-Man is ending. So are we. That's one yeah. of our favorites. Bummed I know you talked completely. about how he may end up turning evil after the series when he goes to a different writer. I don't want that, but that's usually not. what happens. Yeah. I'm just hoping he stays alive. He says he's been getting more heroic and selfless as the issues go on. What's more heroic and selfless than sacrificing yourself? Then again, this is Marvel. No one is ever really dead. I like the new setup you have going for the podcast. You never know what deal, duo or solo you'll get for the next book. And it's definitely fun to listen to when I had a break in the day. Still, he doesn't say like, boy, I love that length there is what yeah. the ladies have never said to me. Nope. And I haven't had them say that much here either. Need to roll with that way. Yeah, right? yeah. So I think that we're going to have to kind of have a happy medium for the most part. Wishing you all a great rest of your weekend. That's Jacob with a K. And like I said, because we only have two males uh, this week, that is the first male section. So we're going to go off to the middle section. That is going to be one of those potluck sections. You're going to get some of me by myself. Delicious. And then some, yeah, I love potluck. <laughs> and then some of me and Aaron talking about House of X number three. And we'll be right back with that. Hey, everybody. Jim on his lonesome here for a little potluck. A little potluck going on. And what I'm going to talk about in my little quick, quick silver segment here is Power Pack Grow Up number one. 
annual of She-Hulk annual number one, the way they spelled that out, was weird. And also Monsters number one. And I'm going to start with Power Pack. Now, these these three books are going to have kind of a similar thing about them. And the similar thing about them is I would not really be able to just out of nowhere tell everybody that they should end up getting these. These are not books that I would recommend this week to go get. Uh, for different reasons. I'll start with Power Pack Grow Up number one. And the the thing that's neat about this is you end up getting the original team that created the Power Pack, and that would be Louise Simonson and June Bridgman, uh, Simonson on writing and June Bridgman on pencils. Now, you do have a backup with Garuru on art, which I'm not bothered by that because I love Garuru, especially saying that name. But yeah, if you don't know much about Power Pack, if you don't know the kids, if you don't know how they got their powers, if you don't know the alien connection they have, uh, stuff like that, you're going to be lost. And I was lost when I first read this. I had to go back and read some Power Pack. And really, if you go back and read the first two issues of the original run, they are in the Marvel Unlimited app if you want to do so. Uh, It does do wonders to the story. But because of that, I can't really say that I'd give it a great rating, though I love the art. I love the kids. Katie, the youngest of the Power Pack, is great. One of my favorite characters. And if you do like, say, a Gabby, who everybody knows I love, I think that Katie could be a replacement here. And I'd love to see Katie and Gabby together in a book. Uh, Basically, the whole family just calls her a baby and she gets very angry about it the whole story revolves around alex uh one of the alex powers one of their uh, that we see in the future foundation book it's his birthday he wants he's gonna have a birthday party he's inviting this girl that he likes you know typical stuff for a 13 year old and then you know uh, fun and hilarity ensue when they get attacked by aliens they run into kitty pride and wolverine at a concert it's all going on here Again, it's not a necessary read. It's It can be a fun read if you know the characters, but there's not even a beginning like, hey, I'm Alex Powers. This is my power. Hey, stop using your power like that, Katie. You kind of are thrown in here. And if you know these characters and their powers, boy, I think that you'll like this a lot better. And I do think that this is fully for people who are already Power Pack fans, not for people to read this to jump on with that though it intrigued me enough and because i had to review it i had to go back and read and i and there's some fun here and it's one of the books where when we talk about books that are you know gym books this is kind of a gym book so i i did dig it though i wish that you could end up learning more about these characters from this issue but hey kitty pride and wolverine show up so i'm down with that but yeah i'm giving it a six out of ten i think that if you are familiar with the power pack and love them or like them even i think you can even go as high as like an eight or a nine i guess because this is something that you know it's one of a book i think that you'd be very happy and shocked that it actually came out uh the next book is the she-hulk annual number one And it's another one of these Acts of Evil annuals. And it's another one where I'm confused of books getting annuals that don't even have books. And books getting annuals that are canceled. Or next week, we end up having the next Acts of Evil is Ghost Spider Annual. That's an annual for a book that has one issue during this, you know, reboot, reintroduction of the character. So it's a weird idea 
to have it not just call them, you know, She-Hulk acts of evil number one, Ghost Spider acts of evil. I don't, I don't know why they go with that. But what this is, it's written by Alexandra Petrie and art by Andy McDonald. I do like the art enough. It's good. I wouldn't say it's great. Uh, you end up having another character. When we did the Deadpool last week of Acts of Evil, we had a writer who was not normally a comic book writer. Well, we get this again with Alexandra Petrie. And where I thought last week Deadpool seemed to have the voice down, I just didn't like the idea of a pedophile being in a comic book and stuff like that. That, that wasn't exactly fun. That was my big deal. In this, I don't know. I saw a lot of reviewers saying that they thought – that she got the character of She-Hulk down. I didn't think so. And it's kind of caught in a weird thing because you're going to end up having what almost is the savage She-Hulk at points, but you also have Jen being the lawyer. And the whole thing ends up being this twisting, turning, freaky Friday situation where you have Jen as a lawyer ending up turning down uh, Machine Smith who comes and says, hey, I died and came back as this machine with an AI in my head type of deal. Why? I can't get my stuff now. They won't let me have my money, my bank accounts, because they're saying I died, so I can't get that. And Jen's like, yeah, that's the case. Well, in the meantime, she learns a lesson here because her consciousness is switched into Weaponsmith's body because then – uh, Bullseye comes, he gets stuck into the, it's, it's a Freaky Friday deal where basically Bullseye ends up concocting a plan that he wants to collect a bounty on himself. So to do that, he's going to make himself into She-Hulk. You're going to have Weaponsmith end up as Bullseye. You're going to have Jen end up as Weaponsmith and then back and forth and this and that. And it does get kind of twist and turn deal. It's a little more convoluted than it should be, and because of that, it's not as fun as it could be. And that's why on the side, I give it a four, which might be a little harsh. I could go up to a five, but I'm not going to go up that much. I don't like these Acts of Evil books so far. Uh, like I said, this one could have been good. I didn't think that the voice of Jen or She-Hulk was 100% on. You end up kind of getting Bullseye in a real goofy way. We've had Bullseye a lot lately. And usually, you know, he's pretty deadly. He's pretty much, uh, you know, a big villain. And here it just comes off like a Freaky Friday nonsense issue. And so the acts of evil, I kind of needed more evil and I kind of needed it to be not as convoluted. But the last book that I'm going to talk about is Marvel Monsters number one. And it is written by Cullen Bunn, who seems to do most of these, you know, monster books. And this is a weird book. It's very weird. And when I ended up hearing about it, it did intrigue me. Uh, It's art by Scott Hepburn and colors by Israel Silva, which I really like the art in this. And they do a wraparound story. You also get what they say monster artists. And there's a ton of them. And there's a ton of them. And also monster cross sections by Superlog, which I like that. I like Superlog doing anything. That's pretty cool. A log, that is super. But yeah, so what you have is a wraparound story of a kid going and finding this monster book, but then you end up with about 20-some pages of 
the monsters and they're with those cross sections then you have you'll get each monster of a cross section that'll show his innards a bit give you some of his you know features and powers then you'll have a full out just picture of the monster that looks very much like it could be like a cover of a comic if they were featured in the comic by themselves a solo comic deal and it's neat to look at I mean, I love this sort of thing. And and most of these cross-section pages do end up looking like uh, Japanese posters of monsters that you would see of like a Godzilla or a Kaiju stuff. And they're really neat. But I don't know that that's what people would expect from a comic like this. Now, again, this is my first one reading this monster stuff. I don't know per se that the Monsters Unleashed books are like this or what. But this really threw me off. I mean, I go in to read a comic with a story, and you do get a story, but the story is about three or four pages. Maybe I'm I'm being a little harsh. Maybe it's like eight, but it's not many, especially in a book that's oversized with a page count in the 30s where you end up with only a couple pages of story, and the story pretty much... You know, being a little generic by the end. But yeah, it's mostly if you love to see cross-sections of monsters and like really cool monster art, then yeah, I think that you would like to get this if you are looking for something that you thought was a 30-page story of these monsters and things like that. I think that you would be disappointed. And it's weird, too, because you're this week you're getting the Marvel Comics 1000 as well that ends up with 90 pages of you know art with little stories and things like that so this coming out in the same week i think was not real good timing because you're already going through 90 pages of something where you're reading some little vignettes and seeing some cool art from characters then you go into this and you're like really now i got to do this with monsters no thank you sir but yeah because of that i just give it a six and the six is it's pretty much all art which what this is and again you'll have to decide if you're somebody who just likes cool art and and really if i was a kid and didn't know uh there's a lot of things that you could cut out and put on your wall and stuff like this like i used to do with hockey players from hockey magazines but you could do that for this too but i would not recommend this to anybody just as a you know hey this is a cool comic i might say hey page through it in the comic store and check it out look at the preview pages maybe but that's it for my little section i i hope that you didn't mind me talking by myself i'm still trying to kind of get my feet with this we're still trying to you know tweak the podcast to get it so that everybody can enjoy it and and a certain level and stuff like that but uh since i don't like talking by myself in the podcast i'm going to go off now to talk to aaron where we're going to be talking about house of x number three all right and here we are me and double a ron how you mm-hmm. doing aaron we're I'm, here I'm and perfect. that means nice well that means that we're going to be doing an x book or a 10 book but this week it is an x book and it is house of x number three we're going to get right into this. I, I, it's thought this was, by- I thought this was just a house. I thought this was just a house filled with 10 people. I, you know, it's, a, it's like a sitcom, a sitcom, you know, house well, of 10 people. Be. That would be <laughs> ten, 10 is enough. Jonathan yeah. Hickman writing Pepe Larraz on art. Marty Garcia on colors. VCs Clayton Kells on letters and Tom Mueller on design. Oh, my own design. Yeah, yeah, he's on design. <laughs> but here we are. It's House of X, issue three, once more 
onto the breach. And this issue I liked. I, I actually like it. It's, it's one of the quicker reads of the, you know, these Hickman X-Men books in my mind. Now that might be because I skip a lot of that other stuff in between. <laughs> that that stuff called writing. Actually, the, I the did. information I pages. <laughs> yeah, you know, the stuff that's supposed to tell me what's going on. No, I did read those. And, they're, and still they're though, like the side of quick. the cereal box. Yeah, you know, they are. And the nutrition I always facts that. and everything. I told you, if I was making my own cereal, you you would make sure that all of the stuff on a cereal box would be great to read. It'd be fun stuff, jokes, you know, knock-knock jokes. That's all I know, knock-knock jokes. That's all it would be. <laughs> uh, but here we are with the Xbox, and we, we did see before, you know, some of these things that were going on in the regular timeline is where we are right now in this book. And I do like this as a thing where when we came out of the powers of X stuff, when they were in the future and they ended up, you know, fighting Nimrod, trying to get the crystal and then coming back, you always wonder what's going to change how, what they know and don't know, but they do know now that they have to get to that forge around the sun, the, where the, the mother humans, mold. the mother mold, they have to get to there because, you know, we had already known uh, from the past issues that the humans are making a doomsday device that has been kind of gone to uh, when the mutants had rose up enough that was set in motion. So, you know, you end up having, the X-Men know about this and they're going to go off. And I, I, I'm telling you, if I was Scott, it opens up with Magneto and Xavier telling him, listen, you're going to go. You seem nervous. You know, Professor X even says you seem a little nervous. Don't be nervous because, you know, if, if you die with, with a purpose like this, do you actually die? You know, your name will live on. I want Scott to go. I don't want that. Yeah, it seems really weird here. You know, I mean, it it, it seems like the the quote unquote good people of the x-men squad seem a little uh less human like than yeah, normally maybe been. like and, robotic yeah, yeah. And, and like i will do everything you tell me master yeah, and, yeah, but yeah. Uh, maybe it's just because they know the plan and they just yeah. know this has to happen and they're more uh reserved or not reserved but uh more willing to to yeah, uh, do whatever to, to do commit it, it yeah. to do like Zionists or something like not Zionists. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's the word? I'm and, and this for? is the thing: zealots. If, zealots. Yeah, zealots. They. If that is the case, and, and you would go and look, I, I think that one person who's not kind of like that would be Wolverine. Like Wolverine's yeah. there, and he is even questioning things. And like you said, a lot of times they aren't questioning stuff. There are some, but the main ones, like you said, really aren't. Especially where they're going to go off to, you know get this mother mold we don't know destroy it grab it whatever as they are going off they even say we're we're not taking uh you know a plant we're not gonna have a way back we're not gonna bring a portal with us we're gonna have to go there right and mystique back the right way <laughs> i know and mystique's like my my ears are working but yeah some of them are like what no plants like what's going on and i do like where m says there hey it's because you guys just think the success is a given you know you're going with the idea that what we're going to do is definitely going to be a success and then we get out but if it isn't we don't want them to end up we don't want the mother mold ai getting a look at the plant seeing what we don't know and all these other things and what we do know and, and as this goes on even through 
the uh, you know the information pages you also see that this is where they are trying to stop the nimrod that this mm-hmm. would lead you know they they have pretty much said this is going to lead to nimrod this is going to lead so we have to stop it now and and then they go off it's a very quick opener i do like mystique just when you hear that mystique and you have to just be reminded oh mystique's there and, and she's not so happy to be there and they go off uh and it's a cool team if you like a lot of the you know ogs and stuff this is where brandon would like wolverine and stuff yeah that's this whole part for me was probably the weakest part of the book um i do like how how uh scott goes through the 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 portal and gets on the plane it's a little more subtle he's going through the portal gets on the plane Mm -hmm. and when the plane takes off you know they're on the moon moon. yeah that's pretty crazy Um, that's pretty cool i didn't i I would have liked a little more uh, name placement because I mean yeah. I don't I don't know and I, I I'm coming from your angle a little bit of not knowing a lot yeah, of X Men characters I don't know I, I and Monet she sounds familiar yeah. it, it hasn't really clicked in my head yet and I haven't really researched enough because I was slacking didn't read this quick enough to or early enough in research but even the, so the th- this should girl, be I I agree yeah the blonde haired girl I, that's sitting down I have no idea who that is but the rest yeah. of them I I know so I mean yeah well you know the the big ones which you know yeah. even I know but Mystique, there are a thing Marvel where- girl Nightcrawler Archangel Wolverine Monet Cyclops Monet. and and girl Girl. (laughs) and i yeah and and that's where i agree with you that maybe they should say you know and i guess hickman wants you to kind of work at at knowing those or you should know kind of you know hey uh this person let's go or hey placards on the first issue for a couple of the characters you know yeah so might as well continue that on that's my my one of the few knocks i have on this beginning part that i yeah well, you go, and now we get to the middle part, and there's pretty much three sections in this. And the middle part is a continuation where we had seen when Mystique and and uh, who was it, Mystique, Toad, and Sabretooth went yep. to steal that information, that thing from getting the uh, stuff from the combination the, uh, of uh, yes, Stark the combination of, and fan- no, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Yeah, Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic information. Stark. Yep, and when they went to get it, Sabretooth got caught, and that's when you had that bad butt moment where. Scott came out and said, because the Fantastic Four had, had caught Sabretooth, mm-hmm. and he said, listen, I'm taking him with me. And they're like, no, 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 he might be a killer. We're going to go. And he's like, ah, whatever, take him. And then went off. And that's where Sabretooth was pissed. And he's like, you know, you better not do that, Scott. What the heck's going on? Well, we see what the plan would be because he is on trial. He's on trial. He as did, a new did kill a couple people. He did. Yeah, we find <laughs> out that they didn't live. And so you end up seeing as well as not just when Emma shows up, but you also see before that that yeah, the mutants aren't really being treated as fairly, even though Sabretooth's guilty. I mean, we all know it. He even says yeah. he is, uh, but he's kind of trash talking because he's pretty much waiting for somebody to show up, uh, and that's when. Emma shows up with some cuckoos. They show up and she basically says, like we've seen before, hey, everybody, uh, we're going to take Sabretooth. He's, he's not guilty. You know, it's diplomatic immunity, all this stuff. You know, your laws don't pertain to us. We're, we're mutants now. You're humans. Stick to your own. We're going to stick to ours and we're getting out of here. And it is a pretty bad butt moment because with Emma just going and I, I, I'm telling you Sabretooth's hilarious in this because number yeah. one they're like what are you pleading he's like w- they were talking about him all the crimes he had done but also the fact that he has no manners mm-hmm. so they're like how do you plead uh, guilty 
I don't have any manners. I agree. Uh, I'm a real jerk. And they're like, no, no. And he's like, he doesn't care. No, yeah, yeah. He he is awful. Uh, but yeah, he's yeah. I'm a murderer. That's what my mama made me, and and all that. And Emma's just like, listen, I'm coming in to get this. And it continues the stuff. I think almost like what Xavier started this whole deal with, with the idea of, listen, we're gonna have our own nation. You, we're gonna let you allow us to have this nation, and yeah. and then we'll help you out. We won't hurt you. We're not gonna have war, but you you have to realize we're on our own. She pushes that too, but even in more of a way where she even says to them there, like, I I could rip apart your minds right now. I'm not going to because I really don't care about you, but I could, and I will if you make me, but I'm just going to take Sabretooth and we're going to go. And they can't really do anything about it. It it goes to the whoever has the money has the power. They they have the people that have all the money on the world basically backing them for the the – drugs and power that they can get and not the powers but yeah. uh long life and better uh yeah, brain, yeah, that, all yeah. that stuff yep no uh, alzheimer's stuff th- like this, that no dementia this also highlights a lo- little bit of issue that i was saying at the beginning where the villains the quote-unquote mutant villains who are now part of mutants as a whole like saber tooth yeah. and the the white queen and mystique yeah. they seem to be acting completely like themselves but now yeah. with more and that's the weird thing i was gonna say when you have these things where it's them getting mad all the time and it's mm-hmm. them threatening people you don't have well again you, you did have cyclops kind of throw that bit at the fantastic four of hey tell franklin but that yeah. wasn't like this like cyclops when he was with the people in the house of x1 he got angry and started pretty much you know spouting off a, a bit of magneto stuff yeah. And this is what Emma does. I mean, it's a full out threat that she's going to use her powers against them if she has to. Yeah. You don't really see that as much with the others. Like and I they agree have, with that. They have no, uh, they don't fear any repercussions from no, their I think side that that's whatsoever. The uh, mutant no. side. And that's where I think the big problem is, is that you say and, that. And that's what got through me through this whole issue is I think that when you have this whole society they've set up, it's great if the people are good, mm-hmm. but it, it seems to make these bad people already start to think that they have free reign to do whatever they want with that, with no repercussions from the humans. And that's not good. Yeah. And it may end up biting them in the butt by the end because, yeah, that that's pretty bad. And it's like you said, it's almost like it's benefiting the bad guys more, more than, than the, the good, the good X-Men. Yeah. yeah, the good mutants have to change their ways a bit where the bad ones, they just seem even like Mystique when they're getting ready to go off. She's standing there like, are you listening? Because she's just kind of over there, you know, whistling Dixie Looking at her and she gets manicure mad. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's like, my ears work. Yeah. yeah she doesn't care. I, yeah, and I agree with that. That's what I got. And this is the first issue that it actually, that kind of dawned on me more about the bad being, you know, themselves and wanting to just be bad. But yeah, so. And you then know, the she ends up being more submissive too. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So you end up, and so is that a thing that Xavier's doing? Or are we going to find out that there's a little more going on with Magneto and, you know, Xavier? We'll have to see. We'll yeah, have to see yeah, what's going on. I have on. no it's answers because I. Yeah, yeah, we just, don't. I'm just bringing yeah. up the, the curiosities I have as I go through this. Uh, yeah. 
I, I agree. Well, then we go to the Orcus Forge. Uh, that is where they have the mother mold. It's it's such a, a neat little visual with a sentinel head in the middle of this space station going around the sun. And a weird thing at the very beginning, as the you know our X Men team are heading there to do their deal, uh, you do get that real quick thing of hey, what happens is if mother mold goes bad. Uh, because you have Karina, the Omega Sentinel there and talking to the doctor and saying, you know, what if goes, oh, don't worry. We have these fail safe switches that we can do. I'm like, boy, that that really seemed like foreshadowing, like really forced in like this will go on. And then it will take it all into the sun then, yeah. uh, which is pretty crazy. But they end up finding out that the X-Men are on their way. They try to react. And this is what I do. I'll give you. I'm still... Not the biggest Hickman fan, but I will tell you that you see as he writes, he does not forget things that he's written. And that might seem silly, but we see that all the time with even Sabretooth showing up here. There's some some writers, they would have never gotten back to Sabretooth. We would have just seen him down the line and have to assume things. The one thing about this is as they're at the at the forge here and they they, X-Men are coming. We had already been told that all the other robots, all the other Sentinel type things that they had used to build this forge had gone off to go mine and that comes up here where yep. they're like hey can't we go get the other robots can't we get them here to defend and like and you know what that the, the x-men know they have inside information first off to go there is the big inside info but also it seems they even know the timing of when to go because where they are in this rotation and things it will take too long for these robots to get there from their mining colony deal to get there to the station yeah, i thought that was really the, clever the ellipse yeah yeah so i thought that was really cool a really cool way to tie that in and <laughs> it was my, all set up very well from my understanding of hickman uh he he is a these his compliment and is his biggest weakness too he is a very uh take comic books serious kind of style yeah, of writing yeah, yeah. but that also yeah. works as a, a disadvantage to him because it's not completely it's fun the all the time friendly yeah, and it's, fun it's yeah, not completely fun it, yeah. it's a kind of that's a chore. why i don't like them as much yeah. yeah sometimes it is sometimes and it's a chore to get to where you're gonna go and things like that but but the ideas having, harvested yeah. from that chore is the fruits of the labor oh, yeah yeah it is and so what happens is the x-men get there they end up getting nightcrawler to teleport into the station only to see that their information is right he's supposed to go and teleport see that everything on their layout of what they had gotten this you know map of this forge is correct and then he he actually then sees uh karima the omega sentinel says hey and she's like hello kurt he's like oh my uh you know you picked a side and then goes back and says you know what they have an omega sentinel uh Let's go as the, you know, people and the captain start to, you know, gather the troops and go. They think that the X-Men are just going to land in the regular, you know, docking Docking bay, which which is so ridiculous. Uh, And they don't. They end up just landing on top and cutting through the the, uh, roof. And as they do that. That's where this captain, he's like yeah. the worst timing ever. <laughs> exactly. He's right below them. And so what he ends up and having locked to do, in because all the doors yeah, he around locks it, it in there. Uh, yeah. Because it, it ends up with the pressure going down. You would yeah. think. And, uh, yeah, he ends up just uh, re, 
doing his gun into pretty much a bomb Mm -hmm. and then blows everyone up. It seems as the cliffhanger, it looks like everybody, including the X-Men are dead, but you know, I I would doubt that. Yeah. Because uh, I mean, they got Miss Marvel who who could read his mind and then they got Nightcrawler who can teleport. So Miss Marvel read his mind. They teleported. It is my assumption. Yep, I would think so as I, I, well. I appreciated the information on the mega level sentinels, yeah. uh, how they're created and the the whole process of it. And it seems painful because it, it's there yeah. are created from a, a regular yeah, human being that is injected with a nano sentinel virus. Which which again, I, I just want to point out it's kind of what we saw last issue of Powers of X and didn't understand what was going on with that baby. I think that's what was going on. They were making an omega sentinel. Sentinel, uh, at that point, remember when the baby yeah, got that injection? That could be possible, but on this mega sentinel process here, they talk about how it uh, has a dormancy uh capability yeah. where it, it the it's it's infected yeah, nesting replication dormancy activation and then union. So uh, maybe that since it's an evolution of time in that hundred year process, they uh, yeah. got rid of the infection nesting and replicating yeah, and just as a straight injection process yeah we'll we'll have to see yeah we'll have to see that was in the future going from here so we'll have to see how that goes uh but yeah it ends with a pretty cool cliffhanger i like this issue it's a very quick issue i'm not gonna say that it was mind-blowing i'm not gonna say it was my favorite issue of the series so simple action sequence setup yes And, and this is where this is the sort of issue that I kind of need in the series where mm-hmm. it, it's the weird thing. The, the other issue like this was, in my mind, House of X number one, but that was the beginning. Now we have so much going on that I did like the last two issues, specifically being in one timeline, settling down, and then this, and just you even had some fun. The Sabretooth stuff, I'm telling you, it's not hilarious no. fun, but it is fun yeah. in this series, and I like seeing that. I like seeing Emma, you know, as we get more and more of these mutants showing up and acting and then you like you said acting in different ways kind of and trying to figure it out so i liked it but i'm gonna give it an eight five which is definitely you know down from some of the other issues yeah. it's, it's certainly not horrible i think the art's great I, yeah. I i think that one of the things with this whole series this and the powers of 10 is that the art's always stellar so i'm now come to expect it You know, when I'm reading it, I don't even really center on a lot of the art because it's always been really good. So and and even though with that, I think the colors are a little bit more drab in this one, but it might just be the locations that they're in as well. Yeah. Um, But I really liked it. It's eight five. What are you going to give it? Uh, I'm sitting around an eight, actually. Uh, Yeah. They have to do a little bit more groundwork on their X-Men team of what these X-Men team members are thinking. Uh, I'm just getting a little overly curious about that. Uh, Why they're being, why they're acting the way they're acting. We got no history with this whole team completely now because this whole history is new to us. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have no idea where some of these characters are. I'm thinking as a new user, 
also that, you know, some name placards. You had a, a panel with all the teams standing right there in front of you. You could have done and just, have just that. some name placards. That way you could Google and see who these people I are always a love those. more. I too. mean, you can even have a name placard and have one sentence of what they do, and then you may not even have to Google. You may be, oh, oh I get it. You know, um, go with that. But yeah, I got agree. Like, what, five pages just of uh, just the, this hardcore information pages, yeah. index pages given to you too so i mean it, it, this this end is definitely the the lower end of the rest of the issues to my point so man it, still it, you still get yeah, it I mean, eight, it's so still that, it's that still really enjoyable is, yeah. all it does yeah. is, is get my mind rolling every issue that comes out so i i can't give any of these yet below an eight yep. so well, we'll be doing powers of 10 next week so we'll see how that is uh but thank you for joining me um, my and pleasure. we're gonna go oh your pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> we're, we're a pleasure we're gonna go <laughs> off now to some more mail Let's go, Brandon. Yes, it's time for mail section uh, number two. And I said earlier that we had two emails. I was wrong. As always, we have three. <laughs> and we're going to start with Alan. Alan says, weird sciencers. Yo. You asked for comments. I do like your podcast, and I hate to sound discouraging, but I'm Uh-oh. sorry to say I won't be downloading the Marvel podcast anymore if the latest one is going to be the new typical length. Too long by far at four plus hours. An hour-ish was ideal. You have to bear in mind that yours is not the only podcast out there, and there's only so much time in the day to catch up with the various ones I subscribe to on a variety of topics, not just comics. So unfortunately, at that length, I have to pass. I have never listened to your DC podcast for the same reason. It's weird. I ended up telling them that the most we've had of downloads were when the Marvel or the DC one was at 10 hours plus that that was the most <laughs> that we'd ever had that was when it got tons and so tons crazy. we just yeah. couldn't end up keeping up with that pace and stuff like that and we haven't had as many books at at DC as well but he said I applaud you for doing all the podcasts but surely it'll become self-defeating at the very length of them puts some people off but yeah like I said Al uh, Alan I told him too is that he doesn't understand that there are especially the DC if that ends up getting you know not as long people seem to riot and the people who talk to us and things like that because they end up you know a lot of people just end up listening to it all throughout the week and stuff like that 
uh, I won't unsubscribe from the RSS feed just in case things change again. And I said, there's kind of going to be a uh, little bit of a tit for tat because even though we ended up in my mind before, even before we did that last podcast, that was four hours, we used to do a you know, a weekday show that was usually about an hour. And then we do the weekend show that could get up to two hours. So legitimately at a lot of times we were doing three hours a week. And that's where I felt bad that when we ended up doing the one show, I didn't want to end it up. It it wasn't done to get smaller. It was done because we just wanted to have one show and be able to do it all at once. Uh, I also have a small Point regarding your Twitter policy is this is how I talked about earlier of following everyone who follows you. Well, that sounds laudable. I wonder if you've considered that it may actually deter some people from following you. If someone declares an interest in comics in their profile, then perhaps it's fair enough to follow them. But some people might never actually tweet about comics and mainly use their Twitter for everyday stuff like talking to friends or utility companies, which can't possibly be any interest to you. I did follow you for a time, but unfollowed for for that reason. (laughs) And that I I said, I don't see, that's the thing is I end up just checking out stuff in the Twitter and whatever. Uh, I don't know why that would make somebody not want to follow us though, because we follow other people. It's, you know, and not being that. I think the fact is if you have Twitter set to top tweets, instead of like to view them in the timeline, I can see yeah. why his thing might be getting flooded with things from, you know, uh, uh, 20 likes from one something you sent out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, but that I would be something I way, sent out. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He's saying that somehow he's going to get tweets from a guy talking to his utility company. I don't know how that I, I'm yeah, telling I you, I, I must be ridiculous. I think it has something to do with this, never the way his settings are set up. I yeah, think that has never problem. happened to me that I follow, yeah. you know, our, our DC podcast. We follow, you know, 16,000, 17,000 people. And I don't ever get weird stuff. Most of the stuff in my timeline is, you know, legitimate stuff. And this is the thing. I think that also Alan doesn't uh, take into effect that. For people to follow us, they usually have to be interested in what we're doing as well. This isn't me going out and just randomly following people because that happens a lot where people will end up going and following 300 random people just to get follow backs so that they get more followers. I'm following back people who have You're pretty strict on that. And And a lot of those people end up unfollowing you. And then you unfollow them just like they did to you. Like I said, most of the people that are going and doing things are following us, you know, because they're interested in the stuff we do. But that's that's fine. He he can follow or unfollow anybody. Uh, and, yeah, I, I appreciate him. I said that. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly like Alan, if you're listening still, I think I would check your Twitter settings. I think you got it set to top tweets. I don't and think, I think he wants to. With some Alan, Alan seems like he has an attitude towards this doesn't he? <laughs> I'm telling you, he's like, you know, he, he's sorry to tell us that he won't be downloading. I mean, I'm telling you, he has a little bit of a, you know, a tood going on there that actually uh, when I first read, it, I'm like, why is this guy mad at us? I mean, geez, where, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, we're pretty much if, if you want to spell it out there, we're pretty much volunteering our time. Now, he doesn't have to deal with that, but it'd be like, he I'm like, you know, Patriots homes for humanity. My bills. Uh, well, I'm there ending up. I'm there. I'm building a house for, you know, the, the deal. And I end up wanting to work two extra hours and they get pissed off at me. 
I'm telling you, that's the thing. I, I said, and, you, and that's you jerk. <laughs> it's yeah, it's one of those things, and and we did have that. Now I, I'm telling you, we're probably losing them now because I'm saying that, but I, I don't know. It's one of those. I end up. I I have in my feed. I wish I had my phone here. I believe that I do have you know like 15 podcasts that I listen to, and I have never been upset with any of them being longer than an hour or anything i i you know but then again i have a lot of time i don't even look at the time of a podcast i I just i just hit play and start going no for the most part i get upset when they're not as long i sit there and i'm listening i'm getting into it and then all of a sudden i look at the thing 35 minutes long half the reason i started listening to the dc one was because it was so long and it covered every book i don't know I, I just, you know, I, I guess the, the deal is that I'm we want to comments and he's going to bail. I, I would hope Give that some people us. wouldn't. Right. Yeah, there he goes. <laughs> but now he's going to look at the timestamp and he's going to be like, all right, you know, this wasn't that long. I'll listen. Now he's now he's getting rid of the RSS. Yeah, he's he unsubscribing canceled. now. Oh, well. Oh, well. And, and this is where we're going to we're going to find out here. It, we're never going to please everybody. It, it's just not no. the case. And that's like I said, where you ended up where we have the DC Comics podcast. Yeah. You know, we don't get a trillion downloads. But usually when you look up on things, we are in the top one or two in DC Comics as a DC Comics deal. So obviously there are people who do like a longer podcast where we ended up having a 12-hour podcast at one point. And the reason we did that, number one, we wanted to talk about all the books, but the other reason is is that we wanted to have something where we stood out. It was something that was like, oh my God, you know, I can't believe this. I got to listen to it. And then hopefully people would end up, you know, listening and, you know, enjoying it and stuff like that. I'll, I'll tell you there's a lot less nonsense on the Marvel side of things than there is at the DC because when we did start it, I said I don't want it to be a 12-hour podcast. It's funny, when we did the four-hour one, I thought it was a little too long, but I actually like like a two- to three-hour podcast. Like I, I said, I listen to about 15 each week, but again, that's all timing and what you have time to do and listen at my work. I can listen to pretty much all day, which I do, and most of my podcast listening is over by Wednesday, and then I have two days where I have nothing to listen to because I've already listened to everything. So that's the deal, and and almost going to be the deal to the next mail because we're going to have a little, you know, yin and yang here, and the yang is Andy who says, "Hey, Jim." Aaron, Brandon, Jeremy. I really like the new show format. I appreciate the new segment for those non-Patreon members. Uh, of course, that's the one that I ditched. I'm also really glad that you're going to continue reviewing the X-Books, which we started doing again last week. I'm a bit confused too, but I'm sticking with it. By the way, should a comic be so confusing that it takes so many multiple reads to figure out what's going? I say no, uh, that, because I that to too. me takes away the fun of it. Uh, I, I like when you is, read a is, second time. You know, semi-acceptable. Yeah. I like when you read a second time and actually it, it's like stuff that once you get to the end, you have that first, you know, cold read where you don't know anything going on. You get to the end, there's a big cliffhanger, a big reveal somewhere in the issue, if not the cliffhanger. Then when you go back to read a second time with that already known, it actually points out a couple things that you might have missed. I think that that's a clever way of doing it. But when you have to read it seven times, it's something like that. And then that's yeah, nonsense. nonsense. And yeah, that, that yeah. just means it really wasn't clearly spelled out. And that I don't think is good. My, he says, 
Having no more than two hosts on at a time works better, I think, as well. I do uh, as well. And also it gives Brandon a little bit of time off having a new baby. And I also enjoy the longer show length. Marvel, Marvel is putting out so many good books that it certainly justifies the longer length. That's the one thing is I, I do want to make sure that we still get a good amount of books because where there, there's the there's a lot of things that can cause trouble with getting people to want to listen to your podcast. One of them might be length. We, we've been discussing this. That's for Al. That's his trigger. I hope he doesn't mind me calling him Al. It did go by Alan, but I, Al. So that's his. But to me, and where I worry about things is where if I go to listen to one of the podcasts I'm doing, and it's one of those like, hey, we talk about a DC book, a Marvel book, and, and an indie book. And I look at the three, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like any of those. I'm really yep. tempted not to listen to that show. Yeah, and the only re- way I'd listen to it is, okay, I like them. I like their banner. But if you have banner, then that length, it, it gets it longer. That So it's all, it's like a, you know, a snake eating its self there and it it worries me all around but i am more of the guy who i hope that you're talking about something that interests me uh over the idea of just a hour and i don't i'm telling you this podcast for once a week an hour a lot of times that means three books and that's without mail and that kind of stinks. I, I don't want to just do that because then, you know, you end up having people missing out on books. Then we end up not reading something for a while. Then we can't go back to it. So I do like yeah. a little more than that. So we're trying to have a happy medium. Uh, but he says, most importantly, I'm happy that Wrong Turn still has a presence either <laughs> through sound drops or conversation. And this is a wrong turn. Do you like a hyper time wrong turn? I got no time with a hyper time. He has no time with a hyper no time. time. He says, it. keep up yeah. the great work, guys. The WS shows get me through my Mondays. And there you go. And that's Andy. Thank you, Andy. And Andy does reviews on no our site. So you can check him out. No time for the hyper time. But that is the end of the second mail section. And that means that we're going to go off to one last book with me and Brandon to end the podcast. All right, and we are back. I, I was going to put the Brandon's Drunk Against song there, uh, but I thought we'd we'd give you a break this week, yeah, even though not? you were you, you had to have been drinking a lot this weekend. Right, I was day you, drinking you up, all day today. Yeah, oh, I figured. And, uh, you, you sound pretty good. Yeah. I actually, at one point, uh, I messaged you and you messaged me back and like, I'm ready, I'm ready to record, and I had to still record with Aaron. And so we ended up doing our deal. We were pretty quick. But when I got back to you, I'm like, all right, uh, I'm setting this up. Here's the link to go and get in the room there, buddy. And then you didn't show for a while. And I'm telling you, I was a minute away from starting the show by myself (laughs) and playing that song. Uh, But you did show. You end up set. You didn't see that pop up. Uh, Maybe because you were distracted by people talking to their utility company. There we go. I'm still getting. I'm still thinking of Al. Al's on my mind right now, uh, but we have one last book for the night, and I, I hope that it is something that everybody, including Al, will like because I liked it enough. I, I saw a lot I of people too. getting upset about it, actually, and not really liking it as much as me and you did, and it kind of surprised me, uh, though we do kind of see some people on the cover that you know may not or may not show up at points, but that's yeah, fine. I but don't know where you know. At. Yeah, I guess they're going to be later. Uh, it's This is more of the setup, but it is Absolute Carnage Lethal Protectors, number one. And, and the other thing about all these, 
is I'm not fully in the know a lot of times. You know, we're we're doing this on the fly. We read the books, we go and do it. And even, you know, the stuff that I was doing on my own, especially with these acts of uh evil things that are coming out with these annuals and these other things. I never know if the number one, and this is DC as well, half the time. I don't know if there's ever a number two. I don't know if this is one of those things that has two issues. Does it have one? Is it this, that, or the other thing? So I always just go with the idea that, you know, if I get to the end and it looks like it's going to continue, I'll go with that. But I have no idea. But it is the Absolute Carnage Lethal Protectors, number one, written by Frank Thierry, art by Flaviano. Very fancy. Colors Flaviano. by Federico Blee and letters by VC's Joe Caramanga. And it does give you a warning on this and says that the events in the story take place after Absolute Carnage 1 and 2. And, and that kind of threw me off a little because I thought that it was a little bit more like when you end up saying that but you're dealing with ravencroft institute with the idea that spidey and venom are showing up there and trying to get john james that that did not happen after you know any of these you know deal end of the events maybe this this takes place but and i know that you you start out and it says hours ago it's a weird thing to really spell this out and then go in but i guess you know as you go on it does have the deal but it just threw me off where i'm like all right, that's cool. I, I read those two already, and let's go. And I'm like, wait a second here. This doesn't seem right. But the town of Doverton, Colorado, was once taken over by the symbiotic psychotic killer Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage. And that's more of that Carnage USA story that you were talking about, correct? Yeah. While researching the disinterred graves of Doverton, John Jameson uncovered a massive cult worshiping the symbiote god Noel. Misty Knight was dispatched to locate Jameson after he went missing during his investigation. She discovered him naked with gaps in his memory. Uh, they left, especially memory of where his clothes were. They left on a road trip back to New York, but all is not as it seems with John Jameson. And that's the funny thing is you have already in certain books and tie-ins and things like that, we've already gone past the idea of Carnage even ripping into John Jameson about not being able to get Misty and letting her go and things like that. Uh, so that's another thing. And there is, I do like this absolute Carnage whole deal. I, I really am enjoying it. But boy, yeah, there, are, there are the usual snags. In yes. when you're reading all the things Event where tie in logic, yeah, definitely yeah. there's some some leaps. Yeah, there, you have there's to make. some things, and there's a lot of books coming out with this, so you are getting a lot in one week. You're doing this sort of thing where it'll be a lot better when they do. You know, if we did get an omnibus that say Jacob won it by the end and things like that, uh, then you get a reading order and, and stuff. So you start off this, and like we said, it's hours ago, and indeed, there's John Jameson. He he's not the venom or, or carnage dog yet. He's not the carnage werewolf yet because this is where Spidey and uh, Venom were calling and saying, "Hey, we got to get there. We want to, you know, find out. We got to see Norman." And you end up seeing that beginning of that where he's like, "All right, you know, see you soon, there, guys." And you I'll see clear the he's got the yeah. You see that he's got the you know the null swirls, the you know things going on there, and that's where we also see at the one point where we saw before where we had that, and it was a little confusing to us at at the point where we did see Cletus walking through and John, you know, kind of turning everybody into, you know, carnage symbiotes. Uh, We see that more here where he's going through Ravencroft. Everybody's getting turned. They are going with that goddess coming way more than we saw before. All over the place. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and it's going on. And and with that, I do like this art. It is a little more cartoony in my mind of some of the stuff that we had gotten before. But I actually do enjoy it. I actually like when we're doing this why I say that you end up, it kind of does throw you out a little because we have had mention of Misty before and she seemed to have been escaped. Then we also had John who has already been turned into the Carnage Werewolf. Well, now this is leading up to that. So there is a little, you know, a dis connect from some of that it's a little out of order but i didn't mind seeing this as an idea in my mind of okay we we know what those scenes were and what happened whatever i like seeing us getting to that actually i like seeing the little cracks filled in so i didn't mind it as much uh if if you would say do you think this is a necessary tie-in if you weren't gonna buy everything yeah i don't i don't think it is either uh it's more than a miles but I think yeah, that oh, this definitely. is one of those. It's a flavor yeah, if I had issue. To rank the tie-ins this week. I would do Venom, this, and then Miles. Yeah. As far yeah, as like, I would you know, priority. I still like this though, and like I said, if you're willing to just you know, or if you were sitting there and when you saw, and at that point, remember, Carnage was pretty much treating Jameson as his dog, almost like a lackey dog, and yep. was so mad. Like, and even with the terms like, I'm going to put you down, dog, because of the fact that he had let Misty go. And in my mind, before we saw this, I was actually thinking that that was more connected to right after or, you know, at the very end of the Carnage USA deal when they were doing the road trip and things. Well, we see it's a little different here uh, because where they're going through the prison and it's things weird. like that. It's weird, too, you know, not not trying to spoil the end of this book, but Carnage is like taking it out on Manwolf. Then ultimately, yeah. by the end, he's like, eh doesn't matter she's not going anywhere you know what i'm saying yeah it's weird and and so what (laughs) happens is they end up getting misty they do have her captured the the weird thing about it is uh, jameson goes john goes and their big thing is they need her bionic arm at one point now all i can think of is why didn't they get it already she's already looks like she's been beaten up she's there in a cell took it from her gave it back to her and now they're taking yeah, it from weird. her again yeah it's yeah. very odd they're like hey it's, it's almost like they you know no back sees this time because you gave it to me i mean it, it, in my mind it, it it's very similar to having a vampire that can't get in the house unless you invite him uh, so this is like we can't take your arm unless you, you willingly give it to it's just weird but he comes in he's like you know we're gonna get your arm we're gonna use this but also they end up bringing her out into this, you know, big courtyard there, you know, pretty much where they go in the yard the of the prison there. And they, yeah, they have a pentagram, pentagram there. They have a whole thing. And Misty's smart, you know, her one arm there. And she's like, hey, you know, I, I know what's going on here. I see the pentagram. You know, you're not fooling me. You're going to sacrifice me to some stupid god, right? And Carnage is like, nope, we are not because he's going to use other uh, people or other symbiotes because that's yeah. where he, he needs ends a willing up. sacrificial lamb. Yeah, yeah. And he ends up wanting to end up where the sacrifice, too, is going to be the vessel. Uh, so it's not going to be uh, Misty. It's, and it's going to be who is it that he ends up uh, grabbing? He ends up – this is his longtime girlfriend, yeah. Screech, that he ends up yeah. sacrificing – that then turns into Demogoblin, who was also yeah. kind of somebody originally hanging out with Carnage in the original yep. Maximum Carnage. Yeah, so he ends up getting her, and she's going to be the vessel for what was Demogoblin. And, and now it's Demogoblin because it's a yes. woman. It was Demogoblin before. 
and Correct. so well and yeah and they really spell that out a couple times yeah, well, oh, yeah. While a couple is, times yeah. yeah while this is going on misty is sitting there they have her arm there it's so weird that and it starts glowing but even in that uh when all this is going down she ends up activating her arm which does have a sonic pulse which obviously can take care of the symbiotes and does makes it clear she can go grab the arm and then go off that's the thing it doesn't work with everyone because then she gets attacked but you can go tell us what happens then yeah i mean misty knight then is just on kind of a wild escape she's running through the hallways getting chased by you know the the horde of symbiotes she ends up finding a grate underneath one of the the, the hallways. She sneaks down, um, and, and you know that's where she gets into the sewers. And this is the point of the story where uh, Carnage is making out with now Demogoblin. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, all he's happy. making he out with her now. in that personality. It's you know, I guess she put on lingerie for him. Essentially, is what Maybe. happened. And then got uh, her going. Uh, Misty is down in the basement, and Carnage's like, oh, "I'm not worried about her. She's not going to get too far." And we see. Out of every corner of the sewer, there's just carnage creatures everywhere. Yeah. I mean, she's yeah. not going anywhere. So. And that's the thing. When he does say, eh, you know, I, I don't really care about her anymore. It's less that he doesn't care and more about that she has nowhere to go. Now she does have yep. that arm that can kind of do things, but I don't think that we're going to just end up going back to that well over and over again. But yeah, so you end up, and you do end up with a bunch of different symbiotes here and a bunch of things going. It is weird that you have that uh, cover with, you know, Iron Fist uh, Iron and Fist, pretty big yeah. on there, and he's not anything to do with this. Um, but I did I like it. I think he'll be in the next one. We got yeah. two next month. Yeah, and I you think would think that three in October. Yeah. yeah, so you you would think that that would have to be. I mean, if, if you're going to have that on the cover, you would think that you're going to have to do something with that. I, I mean, I would guess. And yeah, you even have a mention of Carrion, where our Carry On, where he's like, "Hey, we got to get the whole band back. We need him," which is Malcolm McBride and a couple other things going on here. I yeah, liked Doppel it though. Ganger I actually was in this issue. He's he's kind yeah, of yeah, and that was the thing. Spider-Man yeah, you have the arms. doppelganger. Yep, you have him. You have the bunch of guys going on here and i did enjoy it i did enjoy it enough i just didn't think it was that necessary i like misty knight but you, you all you get here is i, I you think know, her if arm you read is a um, deal. 90s the maximum con- yeah. carnage you get a lot more out of this lethal protectors issue than you know anybody just kind of jumping into absolute carnage right here yeah. uh, i think somebody yeah. like john jack who, who's got more of a history at marvel comics would like this more than he would like you know more. somebody yeah. newer so yeah. uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, again, I, your mileage may vary as far as it being something you absolutely need to understand the events of the the main books. But uh, I think it adds a little depth to the story. I enjoy, even though the the timeline's a little wonky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and with this, I don't know much about Demma Goblin, you know, that she yeah. is now. Uh, but it does seem like she pretty much spells out. And I don't know if she spells out that the sonic blast is already happening, but it actually says this isn't going to work with me uh, when he grabs Misty and then ends up just breaking her arm. So her arm's gone. She goes off without that. So we're not even going to get to see that if she ends up, you know, maybe getting it and, and using it later. But that's why I think that it ends up getting broken because, again, you have a pretty 
big weapon against the symbiotes that you could really dip into the well, like I said earlier, too much with. He would just keep that. It's like one of those when they, they make a video game and they don't really get it fully worked out. And so they have one attack that works all the time. You just jam on that attack as you're going through things. Uh, I think that that's where they were like, Frank Thierry's like, I, I don't want to have her be able to do that. And yeah, when she's in the sewer where she comes out, there's a million of these they're like cockroaches in this uh, sewer and oh, in yeah. this underneath the ravencroft Ant deal traps but again work here though it's funny though because we end with this and this definitely takes place in a weird time frame that you know you still have peter and eddie showing up to try to get you know norman involved with them and in ravencroft and john and these things and going on so it doesn't really it's a little off it's a little wonky it of does, that timeline yeah, that they spelled out timeline. because yeah we have not had you know spidey and eddie show up yet at ravencroft so that's cool but i did like the art i like the art a lot uh like again it, it looks a little bit different it's a little more cartoony but even when you see like doppelganger he looks just awful he he's hideous yeah, he's and you disgusting. don't get him a lot but yeah he is disgusting and i just got those I mandibles like the way... on the side that kind of yeah. go back and oh, forth yeah. oh it's awful it's awful but yeah i like this uh but because it's not exactly necessary I think I can only go as high as a seven, but it yep. is a pretty positive seven. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at with this one. I'm going to give it a seven too. I yeah. like the art enough. It's a little more cartoony than the other kind of carnage issues, but it you know, yeah. it doesn't hinder the story in any way. It's enjoyable enough. And I don't know. I like the callbacks personally to the the books that made me fall in love with carnage as a villain yeah. in the first place so well cool. yeah you have these other symbiotes with them and stuff like that and then when you have demogoblin at the end that would be more like you said and even misty and stuff like that that's more of you know for people who are more in the know than me but i i could still enjoy this i still had fun i like misty and i don't have a ton a background with misty but when she shows up she always kicks butt in my mind that's what i like i think that's cool uh but when when we have these issues and we talked earlier with the carnage stuff uh usually we even with both of those obviously the absolute carnage number two should have some big things happening but even the venom book where we're like okay this was set up for this and this to go forward this does seem like one of those that's just on its own on the side and you can kind of, if you dig it, if you like, you know, Misty, if you want, oh, you I can get it. It's a little extra. It, yeah. It's not like one of those where it's necessary and it really plays out that way. And yeah, I don't think that, you're going to see much Spider-Man or Venom or even. No, Carnage no. And I don't think that anything from these yeah. are going to be. And, and even with throwing it in this weird wonky timeline of after one and two, it even shows you that this is just it's kind of there. But I like the idea with Frank Thierry writing that way. Kind of seems like that's where he's going with this, that he can kind of like, okay, let me just do this. Though you get Demogoblin, that that should be pretty big. But you can just kind of have fun in your own story. I think he's doing that. So I appreciate that. And like I said, I like the art, but that's it. That's the end of the podcast. The I will end yes. by telling everybody again, go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. We do most of the reviews each week. They 
almost all come out around 9 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, a new comic book day, but they are scattered throughout till about 10.30. They kind of drop them, you know, systematically through the hour and a half or so so that people can kind of go and see what's going on. And we also have a Patreon account where you can go and listen to a lot of other shows. So if you're one of the people who said, oh, I really like that long show, there is an option to get more <laughs> podcasting and the Marvel yes. side DC indie comics, non-comic stuff. So you can go over to patreon.com slash weird science, check it out. I will mention at the end here that if you do go now and sign up, it is September 1st. So if you sign up now, you will not be charged right away. You will only be charged on October 1st if you decide to stay. If you quit before then, you'll never be charged. You can check it out. That's all we ask. Check it out, and I would hope that you could find something at some level that you would enjoy. But that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks, everybody who mailed in and double A-Ron and all that. But we'll talk to you next week.